right, everybody. It is Friday night, and this is Live Without Live. Welcome to Beyond Notes. I'm your host, Michael O'Reilly. Uh, thank you for joining us, our Facebook community, and all of you guys listening to us on your podcast, as we are now um, podcastable. <laughs> if that's a real word, I'm not sure, but you can find us in Spotify, and you can find us uh, in Apple and podcast. I'm very pleased uh, tonight to have a, uh, our guest. Our guest, uh, he's a musician, he's a guitar player, he's a composer, uh, he does acting, he does modeling, he does a lot of things, wonderful guy. Please welcome Mr. Alex Alexander is here tonight. Alex, how are you, man? Dude, I'm doing great, <laughs> sitting here in Sweden. <laughs> I love it, man, fantastic. Listen, first of all, thank you very much for coming on and, and doing the show, really appreciate it. Of course, my pleasure, 100%. It's good to see you, man. How is life in Sweden? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's strange, but uh, yeah, kind of the same. Things haven't changed much in Sweden overall, actually. We're, mm -hmm. I mean, we're one of the, probably the only country in the world that didn't really shut down. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, people were out and about like in, in March, April, May and yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's, it seems to be working. <laughs> okay. I can't really say. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I saw you guys took a different approach in Sweden to not really shut down completely and try to uh, just see what happens. And uh, some right. people said it was cool, and others, I guess, of course, there's always two sides of uh, of of, uh, of the story, right? Hundred percent. I think. I mean, I think the ground moral thought of that is that if everybody takes their own responsibility, it's, it's it will work. You know. But it's mm -hmm. that's that has to be the core of it, I guess. Exactly, man. Yeah. So, were you able to like? Is there uh, still gigs then in Sweden? Can people still play in clubs? No. So that was the main thing that they absolutely shut down. Of course, like the oh, the live things, the sh uh, like, kind of got rid of directly. Um, I don't. I have no idea when that's going to open up in Sweden. But all the studio stuff, all the sessions and stuff like that, is still happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm, I basically been in the studio since March, so I don't even know where I am in life anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got that. The studio, the studio 10. Yeah, I don't know what month Very it is, great. what year or. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, well, that's great. You're, you're still working. You're still doing stuff. You're still involved in the music and trying to move things forward, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I used directly when I saw this happen and all my contacts kind of confirmed it to me. I was like, okay, now I'm just going to do four albums this year. I'm just going to do it because now is the time and that's what everybody else is going to do as well. Yeah, so then you can just have all that music kind of uh, in the vault when things yeah. get back to normal, right? It's a great, yeah, take, take advantage of the time, man. That's, that's a great idea, great idea. 100%. Instead of sitting around and waiting for something to happen, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're keeping busy. Yeah, and also, you know, people didn't realize, but when when the live show got shut off you know the streaming kind of boosted quite a lot because a lot of people are home you mm -hmm. know they're working from home and obviously a lot of music is rely rely on like um, you know playlists so when people work at home and they stream the whole day it's, it's going to boost up the streaming numbers so it's a good period to just get everything out also you know mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know you've got a lot of streams. We'll talk about that a little bit later, your own stuff. I know from what I've looked, you've got like over 70 million, 80 million streams. Right, yeah. Amazing. It's only the beginning, man. I'm like... <laughs> it's great. It's awesome, man. Really, I was doing research yeah. on you. I was like, wow, man, you got you got a lot of uh, a lot of reach out there. It's wonderful, Alex. Very cool to see uh, how far you've come, man, because um, you started working, uh, I guess you came to Asia. You were You were like 18 years old, I think. Yeah, I yeah, I think I flew right after I um, turned eighteen. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Man. It was it was like the happiest day of my life, bro. <laughs> 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 I was so happy to get out of Sweden. It was crazy. I was like, yes. Oh, well, yeah. well, well. Tell me, well, I want to talk about the, the different facets of your career because there's the music and then there's the uh, the other things that you do. But let's let's start with the music. So, uh, how did you get into it initially? And you must have started if you were already going on tour at eighteen. You must have started playing really young. Yeah, so I started playing guitar at 12 uh, because I was like obsessed by guitar, mainly from my brother. You know, he listened to a lot of like Iron Maiden, Metallica and stuff like that. 
So I just saw all these like shredded guitarists and I was like, whoa, you know, rock star. <laughs> I gotta I do that. Like, I was like, that's what I gotta do. And then the funny thing is that my parents, they bought me not an electric guitar, but I got a classical nylon guitar. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not gonna play, you know, Metallica on a nylon guitar, so. No, unless you're playing Nothing Else Matters or something in the beginning. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, but so, were you were you were you like devastated? Were you like, no, this is the wrong guitar, guys, or was it just? Uh... Absolutely not. I was just happy that I got a guitar, and um, the first two years of playing guitar was only classical and fingerstyle, and uh, I, I'm so happy that that I did that because to have that as a fundamental for your mm -hmm. thinking of theory, you know, and how to mm -hmm. use the instrument is is just it gives you the best ground ever. I think. Absolutely, so, man. That's one of my, my big regrets that when I started off, I went right to trying to play like B.B. King, right to right. blues and rock and, you know, Jimmy Page. I didn't do any of that. And uh, I wish I had done a lot more. Yeah, of that. yeah. Well, which I think classic rock and, and blues is perfect foundation as well. But with classical music, you, you, you know, like subconsciously, you have to learn a lot of scales and mm -hmm. you have to understand the chords and the boxes and all these things. So I feel that that, that helped a lot with uh, understanding how to play solos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome, man. So awesome. That was pretty much the beginning. And then I just sat for six hours a day, just training, picking and stuff. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't, did you do any, any formal, did you do any like lessons in school or you just kind of sat in your room and just did it the traditional old school? I call it the old school where you just sit down and you just practice incessantly. You're a teenager. And you have time and you have the, the mindset to just sit there. And I mean, I did the same thing too for, for years, just sat right. there like I mean, over and over. Yeah. So that's what yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. And, and then I went to a school called Music and Production. They had a very special um, school here in our area, which was founded by um, a guy that's very well known in entertainment in Sweden. And this was a really specific school. You know, it's like a high school from um, you go until 18 years old. And it's very, our teachers, you know, were real musicians. That was the special, special thing. So when I went to this school, we had a lot of teachings in music theory. We played a lot of jazz and country and, you know, stuff like that to, to like uh, broaden your musical influences, you know. And um, that school was really good because the teachers were so rough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like the bass player, you know, like that's playing with the stars in Sweden and he this was just his extra thing, you know, for money. And you, he, he didn't have any teaching abilities. He was just a kick-ass bass player that could teach. But, you know, okay. if you played wrong, he was like, what, why the hell would, did you, would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're like, you're like hey, it's my first time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can, can you help me? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. But they had kind of a fun, you know, how the, the musicians, like, uh, you know, how the, all the talks are between each other, how we are, like, they kind of had that with us, the students. And it was fun because, like, you know, they, they really, sh I think they prepared you for a music industry that uh, most of the schools don't, you know. Mm. They, they were pushing us very hard with the whole, you know, you have to be your own, you know, engine and try to drive gigs for yourself because nobody's going to give you anything. Trust me, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. So they had a good mentality with that. So that period teached me a lot, you know, and kind of prepared me for even getting that gig with Ally because otherwise I think I would have never been prepared for that. So, so it was a really good grounding, really good grounding to a uh, stepping stone to get you to, to other gigs, right? Absolutely. And I mean, if, if, you, if you look at the numbers uh, from our school, I think it's only like me and two more people in my class that actually pursued music. That so went on to, to yeah, to, to make music yeah. a career. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Try to make it, make it like work, you know, in yeah. whatever fashion that means, because there, a lot of them were just doing it because it was fun at that period. At that period in their lives. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. When yeah. I went to university, it was the same thing. I don't think aside from Georgia, myself and a couple of other people, that went to school at the same time, studied music in university, went on and actually had lifetime careers in it, you know, like 20, right. 30 years are still doing it. Yeah. 
but I think that's yeah. that's kind of the, usually the way. Yeah. So so there you are. You're 18 years old, and then you uh, you get on the phone, and hey, yeah, cool, all right, alive, and uh, yeah, okay, we're sending you an airline ticket, and then uh, like what <laughs> happened? What happens, man? It's crazy, bro. I remember it so well. I was in Copenhagen living with my brother because mm-hmm. he he worked as a circus artist there. Like this whole thing is getting stranger right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just sipping my beer. I do it yeah. at every show. I do it every show. <laughs> cool. And then I found a live online because I did exactly what I, what they said we should do. You know, I literally scoured the internet. Mm-hmm. Because Google was right there. Right? I had to just like find the gigs and apply for everything, you know, because nobody's going to get me at 18 because I'm the best guitar player. It doesn't happen that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So I found uh, the Alive and I did the audition, the live audition or like the, the video audition. And I was like, I'm never going to get this. Like, And then uh, I had a call with George and he was like, I remember it so well. He was like, pack your bags. You're going to Nam." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're going, you're going, you're going into military service yeah, or something. Military, Back yeah. your bag, soldier. You're going to Vietnam. <laughs> Next so stop, funny. Vietnam. <laughs> it was so funny. I love it. And then I called my parents, and they were like, "What the fuck? Like, literally, what?" And I'm, I'm like, sure. "Yeah, I'm going in a month." They were like, "What?" Um, yeah. And then I just went, and I mean, I arrived, and I didn't really think, you know, like. How, it, how the gigs were supposed to be, how things were supposed to be handled. You know, I just went mm-hmm. and, you know, meeting George and everything is like, it, it was such a, he's, he has a big like comforting security around him, you know, when he, he takes you in and he takes care of you very, very good. Mm-hmm. So I think us that came on that first gig in Vietnam, we were, we fell into place very fast. And we, we felt very secured, like coming there because most of us flew from halfway around the world, you know? Of course, right. And uh, so for me, that was an amazing experience. It's like, I didn't really know what I got myself into. Most of the things I do today, I don't even know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> Here you are. <laughs> but Here yeah, you but are. you know, you, you make it work. And I, that experience was insane. And it was so much fun. We, we actually, you know, we, we built a family even with the band we had. It's crazy. It's, we were more than used to band, you know. That was you and George, Inga, uh, Jay. Inga, yeah. I think the first um, that, that we'll play with the most was Jay and John. And, uh, okay, and uh, JD. JD? Yeah, JD, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, yes. So we three arrived in Vietnam at the same time. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> must have went out a couple of times then I, I'm, I'm assuming oh my I remember the first two weeks we just partied <laughs> <laughs> and I was like because the gig didn't start until like two weeks later and I was like oh, wait, we have, should we play <laughs> like, is, is this is the gig playing? no no it's gonna have a beer <laughs> yeah a little apocalypse no, and, now. and I think one thing that I actually think of a lot that that this gig gave me from George as well is we had such a great discipline, man. I love the thing that, you know, you have a set of four rehearsals every week or five even because, you know, you have to have discipline to make things happen and to make them better, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise you just get comfortable and you move along, you know, like, and everything is the same all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think with our band there, we, we were like doing a lot of rehearsals. They were long. We were training on everything. I, it was so important. It's like personally important for me as well because you have to have that discipline in so many aspects. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's great. It's great. I mean, I, I'm assuming in school they didn't really. There's not an opportunity to do that because you're not really in a band. You're a student. There's a teacher. Right. You're in a class. So in this kind of uh, circumstances, uh, good, good, great learning experience. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, and you have to you have to understand that. I mean, I, 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 that's a certainty for me now, but if you're being paid and there's money involved, you have to deliver, like you can't fuck up, you know, like somebody's mm-hmm. paying for your performance. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make sure it's dope. Otherwise, why would they pay for you? <laughs> it's yeah. simple. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so you played in Vietnam and then you guys started to, to travel, right? We did Vietnam and then Bangkok. Whoa. Uh, okay. Bangkok. Well, there you go. You're right into the, right into the deep end. That was crazy. Also, when we landed, I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna die here." <laughs> <laughs> in but a good way. Club, yeah, in a very in a good, good way. way. I mean, <laughs> you, I, I guess you probably 
played at Spassel like a million times as well. Uh, I mean, not a million, but a lot of times, many times. Yeah. So over over my career, yeah, at least uh, nine or ten years, we just we just kept going back once a year, something right. like that. So played there a lot. Then, yeah, beautiful. That club was amazing. We had so much truly, fun there. Truly, yeah. man. Mm. And and the, the audience was like pumped up every night. That was the crazy thing. It didn't matter if it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. Mm -hmm. they were they were always ready to go it's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah but i'm sure the band was too when the band stepped on stage monday night it was like okay let's let's yeah do it. yeah it's not, it's not monday it's like saturday tonight just every night's like saturday so let's just start yeah exactly and and at that time you know especially me jay and john we we you know we played six days a week for eight months already mm -hmm. and then the rehearsals and all the all the extra playing we did Right. over that you know and so i felt like when we came to bangkok we were like very very solid everything was was really really good and you know stable mm -hmm. so that was, that was so fun, much fun that sure. was sick and then we had george and he came in it was so awesome <laughs> so <fun. laughs> i love it i think we played yeah we played george last night at spasso and it was the most insane gig ever. I think we did nine sets or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because all of us, nobody remembers how long the night was because we just kept wow. on going. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, I remember that night. It was crazy. I'm sure. But, I'm um, sure there was, there was a few drinks had that night. Yeah, absolutely. And the club was like on fire. Everybody was crazy. Awesome, man. Yeah, I wasn't there for that, but I, I heard it was uh, it was epic. It was epic, man. That was a crazy night. Yeah. Wow. So, so Alex, that was it. After that, uh, is that when you 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 left L Live right after that? So then we did China, uh, Beijing, mm -hmm. great club as well, and then back to Vietnam. And the last gig I did was in Oman, in oh, okay. uh, Muscat. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. And that was only. Me and Inga were the only ones that were like uh, from the older band there on that game. Okay, the other the other band started to splinter up a little bit and form 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 other bands through through that. I think probably right. Right, I I, I think John and Jay they I think they went to Korea, South Korea or something mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah, did a, a transit transit band I think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because with Georgia was it was Scarlet, right? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. From the beginning for for about a year maybe I think basically so yeah that was the last gig and then i went back to sweden and the first day i landed in sweden i was like shit this sucks here man <laughs> <laughs> it literally took me careful. two days you have to be careful now i have some very uh, dear swedish friends of mine and they usually come on oh, really? the, they usually come <laughs> on the, yes yes they usually come on and support me uh one of my dearest one of my dearest friends is actually swedish one of my dearest friends he's here in singapore and his name is, I'll give him a shout out. His name is Jonas. He's probably not watching because he just had a baby last Thursday. So he's oh, wow. either, he's either, he's either changing a diaper right now or he's taking a nap. Right, right, right. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise he'd be here. He'd be, oh, he is here. I see his name on the screen. He is here. I've got some people saying hello. Well, hi, Jonas. Uh, thanks up? for coming on, Jonas. And uh, congratulations. You just had a little boy named uh, uh, Oscar Bjorn. Oscar Bjorn, nice. Oscar Bjorn Kors. <laughs> nice. Do I do nice. I sound Swedish right now? Oscar Bjorn Kors. It's pretty. It's pretty close, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, great, man. The sort of music thing. You went back to Sweden, and then you really just started working on your own thing, right, Alex? Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of different things in the beginning. There, I went to the UK. Um, I did a couple of small things there. I was actually going to go on tour with this uh, gospel R&B artist. But unfortunately, they didn't hire me because they thought I was too young, which I think is crazy. But that mm -hmm. happened. And I did quite a lot of like model and cast, smaller casting, acting things. Um, and I didn't really start writing until 2015, which is five years ago, which is pretty okay. crazy. Okay. And... For the first year, I almost exclusively did J-pop and K-pop music. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, okay. so the first cut I ever had as a songwriter is with the Cross Gene from Japan, and it was like a yeah J-pop song basically. 
Okay, cool. I mean, you're yeah. uh, you're doing co- collaborations at that point with people when you're starting out. Yeah, basically, you know, trying to build up, you know, the schedule of songwriting and writing to different markets. Um, mm-hmm trying to find you know like what is my speciality which the main thing that i you know specialize in now is vocal production and lyrics and melodies because vocal production is such a massive part of the song and you know you have to get all of that right with the tuning with the mixing of vocals otherwise it's you know there's no song basically so i i used to do more productions before but after you know coming into what i really like that's mostly what i've been doing now and recording guitar as well you know yeah i listened to some of your some of the stuff you put out man and there's some some really nice guitar parts in there some really you can tell that like the person that did some recording in there knows knows about the, you know how to mix the guitars oh, yeah. and make them uh create nice parts re- really nice stuff right right yes i mean my my hero all the time was like max martin you know it always been my house god in song there you go, yeah. man. oh my goodness so how yeah. much did he change music right it's in, and he still does it's yeah 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 it's like you see you see a billboard number one and it's like max martin again really like how yeah. is this well, possible it's incredible how much how many songs i mean i i can't think of the list but if uh if someone just went down the list of music that he's been that involved crazy. in and it, it's just it's crazy right it's really really crazy and i mean they're very versatile also which is the thing you know you could he could be on a ma- mainstream pop mainly but you know he could be more r&b album you know with ariana yeah. grande mm-hmm. and it's like they're very talented producers absolutely man yeah so these these are the guys alex you kind of using as like uh like kind of like role models like in 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 the business guy the guys that Max Martin and these kind of guys that are producing and run for, for so many different artists and writing. This is the kind of uh, the thing that you're, you're really kind of getting involved in, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say in the beginning, because then I never thought of uh, having an art- artistry for myself. So then it was more about producing for others and doing, you know, top lines and writing songs for different people. Mm-hmm. But the more I got into it and starting to craft my own songs, uh, the more I, uh, you know, like I focus more on the artistry of trying to find my style, what I want to do and stuff like that. As an um, artist yourself, as, as a performer. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, trying out different songs, like they're all in this, you know, whatever you want to call it, mainstream pop niche. Mm-hmm. But pop, pop is so, it's so broad now. It's broader than ever, you know. A trap song could be a pop song. Yeah. And a rock pop trap song could also be considered a mainstream pop song. It's all so it's all it's, kind of blended together, hasn't it? Right. Yeah, which which I really like that because it feels like the music industry, after the launch of all these streaming platforms, have really become super. You know, it's so versatile right right now. You don't have to, you know, you can mix a lot of different styles, and it's almost better to mix the styles because people are more interested in you than just going with the fully generic pop sound you know so do you think like that then like just picking one niche would, would it wouldn't really suit suit your style like just saying okay i'm alex alexander and i just do um i don't know r&b or i just do uh rock music this style that, you, that, want, you want to be able to take a little bit of everything right take like a, a latin groove and mix it in with right with, with, something that's house EDM kind of thing and, and blend that yeah. with, with R&B vocals and right. Correct? That, 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 for, I mean, I, I would, to be honest, I started my whole career with dance, electronic pop, very, mm-hmm. very, you know, a radio friendly, mainstream friendly songs. Right. But they're great. I mean, in my opinion, they're my own songs. <laughs> they're great, but they're not very artistic. Mm-hmm. And it was a great start for me to do these songs to get out on the market. And, you know, now I can sell in more the sounds that I like more. Mm-hmm. And since I would say last year, beginning of last year, I, I really have the platform to do that, you know, and I have a lot of fans that love the music that I do, not the music that is just clearly a mainstream song, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and, but I think um, it's, I think it's good to be able to uh, you know delve into both uh, genres and diff- different markets like that to have the background, have, have the experience, man. Yeah, 
So when you do your Absolutely. own thing, you're, you're very clear about what you're doing. When you do your own style, you're very clear about it. And you could, you probably have a better idea how to market it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel overall as an artist, it's easier for me to push a song to my fans that they actually feel something from, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, as an example, the EP that I released now, Helpless, like people are reaching out and they're giving me very in-depth, you know, reviews because they actually care about the songs. And I think that's a big difference for me it's, uh, because I'm very old school, you know, like my dad, they listen to Earth, Wind and Fire, the Gap Band, you know, Boston. And yes. I want to make, I want to make songs like that, bro. Like, cause for me, that is a, that's a endless, timeless hit. Yeah, and something, that's, something. that's, that's what Sorry, I love what? right now. But yeah, because if you go on Spotify, and you check out Boston and you check out their hit, you know, which was a hit, I don't know, 1977. Mm -hmm. More <laughs> this, than a feeling. The song, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an amazing song. And that song now has 200 million streams. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, my, I was talking about my Swedish friend, Jonas, who's, who's in here. We always joke about ABBA. And we all, because he's right, right. Same, thing. Always, same thing. He's like, you know, don't, you know, Mike, don't go play in the club. Don't play any ABBA, you know, as we're joking around with each other, because he used to be a DJ and he had to play ABBA all the time. But it's funny, you know, you play those songs and people become immediately happy when they, they'll hear that. I mean, every New Year's I play Dancing Queen, every New Year's Eve, that's in my set list. And when I play it, everybody, everybody just is like, they go oh. nuts. Yes, yeah, they yeah. go nuts. They still love it, man. They still love it. So we, uh, yeah. It's timeless, endless songs. I mean, it's the same with, you know, Eagles. Absolutely. Bro, like, fall into that category, yeah. It yeah. will work every single time and any year, any time. It's like, and I try to, as an artist, we are trying, me and my producer, because we came, we come from the same background. We want to like throw it back a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. try to get back to those vibes because I personally, I think that was the era of the best music in humanity, basically. Uh, um, in in uh, yeah, in modern music, absolutely, I agree. I mean, that's that's my era, so I'm a little bit biased because my age, and that's my my sweet spot of music. It's really the music I grew up with, but uh, definitely right. great, great, great music from that era, man. It must be something. I mean, imagine the guys that 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 wrote that. And then you you perform these songs for people and you see the reaction and then you see the influence of your song uh, right. that spans generations of people right. that still still like love hearing it. It must be uh, must be something. Do you ever think about that when when you're writing? Is there ever in, in that? Is that ever in your process? Like, how could I write a song that people will it'll really touch them in a way that it'll it'll live on for for uh, for, for, for for many, many years to come? I mean, a hundred percent. That's all we are trying to do with the newer songs that a lot of them that we wrote this year, we took a lot of extra, extra and more extra time to really, you know, write a story that matters once again, because I think there's a lot of songs out there that don't really matter anything. They're just popular because they're cool. And I get that. I get that whole thing. I had songs that have been working like that as well, but mm -hmm. for me, you know, I don't really care if the song works the first day. This is the thing I can tell you as well. Artists, managers, labels in this day and age, 2020, they're very, very short lived, you know. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, if the song doesn't work in one month, you know, we, we jump to the other one. Yeah. That's insane because the mm -hmm. song that you wrote could potentially be a hit in five years. Who knows? Yeah, you know, absolutely. All, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it's all about like that that whole thing so that's been one of my main like pillars to always go back to that i'm like i'm gonna just pump out that catalog and a lot of songs work a lot of songs that i love don't work it's but it's not really me that's deciding it's going to be of the course. audience you know in the the end. Audience. Yeah. yeah yeah but i agree with you there i mean it's crazy you put on september by earth wind and fire at any party mm -hmm. and people are hyped <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i know exactly <laughs> but yeah songs are it's got to be something there's something uh about it that just uh just lives in our psyche or, or our, our musical uh dna yeah. when we hear those songs the the, the feelings that the uh, you know the emotions that they uh, they bring out uh, 
fascinating, man, because I, I write music as well. And I, I think about that when I'm when I'm writing something, I, I think I really like this. But would anybody else be like, go like, yeah, that's that's great. Would have the same feeling or would they just be like, you know, it's so quick today. I see people on their phones. They hear a new song. They literally give it like five seconds. You know, they. Yeah. Skip. Them. Okay, next. Yeah. They just it's so easy to go like this to get right. to the next song. Uh, it, it must be a challenge, man. Did you um, do you think about that when you're when you're writing your your intros? Um, I was told now a lot of writers think of the uh, the Spotify platform and they want to make sure the first, you know, 10 seconds even of their song is going to have some kind of a hook that's going to prevent right. the person from jumping to the next song. They're going to they're going to listen to it and it's, it's going to uh, have a chance to be heard. Do you right. think about that when you're writing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of tricks with the, the whole form of the song and, you know, uh, also a lot of different tricks with the BPM that you choose because certain lists are very, very BPM strict. Mm -hmm. So if the song is perfect for that list, but it doesn't have that range of BPM, it's not going to get on that list. It's not going to get on the list. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. But I mean, yeah. it's... Hey, that's that's it's, the it's, industry, man, right? Where, you know, yeah, you have to... You have you have to think of it like this. The computer at Spotify and Apple Music that chooses what, what is popular, it's an AI-driven computer. Mm. And they're looking at skip rate, how long the person is listening to the song. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like all of these factors they put together and they make a decision, is this a popular song or not? Mm -hmm. So It's quite incredible, it's, isn't it? I mean, it's. It, I understand it because also it, it ties together with the whole thing that you know, there are basically 78,000 singles every Friday. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty every insane. So, 78,000 new songs come out? Yeah, probably even more at certain points wow. if there's like a highlight. So, you know, it, just imagine for a person at Spotify trying to like dig through this, you know, no. this, it's crazy. No. So you have to be very creative with PR, trying to get your, her, your song heard. And, you know, like kind of, it's crazy because a lot of the traditional PR is actually coming back. Like it's getting more and more important nowadays to maybe have radio, maybe do press and, you know, press campaigns like that. Because that way you can entice Spotify that is here. That's, you know, you should look at this artist because something is going on. Mm-hmm. So and, I mean, it's and the more more it gets streamed, I'm assuming the more it gets streamed, then the higher up it it, it can uh, have a excuse me have a chance if it's streamed of, more of and course. more get on the playlist and yeah mm -hmm. yeah of of course I mean so the the bigger it gets streaming wise it can definitely pick on but it could take a lot of time also I mean the most mm -hmm. popular song I have didn't really peak until after two years actually that's quite and something. That, man. Yeah, that was just a pure coincidence also. Algorithm, like the algorithm was favoring this song for some reason, you know? Wow, um, beautiful. Yeah. That's but amazing. the way we, I mean, I get a lot of the inside information because I don't know if, if I said this in the uh, when we spoke before, but I own a label. Um, I was going to get to that. Yeah, I know you started your okay, own Okay, yeah, label. we're getting yes, there. No, please, please, Alex, <laughs> go ahead. No, I, I, was, I was just about to go to that, actually. Right. Okay. So I'm just like, I'm like, you're like, I'm not, I'm not getting to ask any questions. <laughs> it's just speaking no, all no, the time. This is perfect. Perfect, man. Perfect. Please yeah. go ahead. No, so two years ago, me and Lucas, we, we released a lot of songs together. We, um, we were like, okay, we're doing the playlisting. We're getting all of these things to work. Like we're, we making it happen for ourselves. And we were like, okay, we should to get away fully from the structure you know, the kind of pyramid of labels, we, we should do our own label and then just apply the same structure, you know, that we're doing for ourselves. So we started Loud Cult two and a half years ago. We call it Loud Cult because we are a label that is from artists to artists. It sounds like a sale pitch now. <laughs> but the, the whole idea is that we want our artists to feel that we are, we're a cult, you know, like we're a gang and we are not going to be threatened by other things. Like we are just doing our own thing and then just going for it. And we will work for you as an artist, the same as I work for myself and Lucas works for himself. So me and Lucas, we hustled this label for two and a half years by ourselves. Um, I have been uh, 
you know, unwillingly, I become an expert on legal, <laughs> legal music, you know, all kind of contracts and deals and also signing of artists, taking care of all the label management and all these stuff. So now two and a half years later, we are 10 employees and we release awesome. six, seven singles a week, every Friday. And, you know, we're just pushing artists like crazy. That's and great, Alex. Very cool, man. Yeah. Everything came from the same structure that we did for ourselves. And, uh, I mean, right now we're actually North, one of North Europe's biggest growing labels. We are, I wouldn't say out, you know, running, but we are definitely almost coming close to like the major labels in Sweden, at least. Okay. And That's great, great, man. We, you know, we, we focus on the things that matter because younger artists and, and DJs and producers, they want to build up their careers. And the way to do that is we need streams, you know, like we need to build up the streaming for certain artists. As an example, we have a guy named Tulio from Italy. He does lounge, chill outs, sometimes even instrumentals. And we took him from 10,000 listeners a month to, I mean, he's at six, 700,000 right now. And he has five tracks with over 2 million streams. And we only did this through playlisting, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, we, we understood very fast that, okay, to build a song, if you don't get any Spotify support, you're going to need this third-party playlisting. You know, you're going to need all these independent private playlists. So we made a, a big investment into that, you know, because we want to feel that we can offer our artists a very, very strong foundation. So they don't have to go to another label and sign away, you know, 90% of the master and don't get anything. Right. So mm. it should be a very, very artist-friendly, you know, communication and also the synergy between us you know because in in my mindset a label should be for the artist but yes i think many yeah i agree i agree it's it's, it's kind of a a new way of thinking because you know if you look back at music traditionally it's it's never been like that you know artists have always always been ripped off traditionally go through you know the whole series of music from the 19 early of the last century up to up to uh, you know recently until the 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 business models change now and what's what's you could take the control into your own hands a guy like you can start his own record label I think it's incredible man I mean yeah, uh, it's, years ago that that would that was would have been impossible to do before streaming came along you were at the mercy of record companies and the contracts they offered you and as an as an artist you were always tricked or written out of it there was never any money in it there was fame you got famous yeah exactly you get famous and you get a you get some money for a while and then you'd end up owing it or so if you look back right. at all these uh, traditional artists over the years from from that from that era it's all this you know great careers and then not all of them but but a lot of them so i think the it's great that it's changed like that man you really have the control in your hand now Right, right. Yeah. I mean, we luckily we came in in the right point and then we we managed to build a structure that is, you know, we don't have to rely on anyone. That's the thing. And I think that's the important. And, and like you said, yeah, imagine starting this in 2001. It would have been impossible because exactly, yeah. then you would have had, you had to print singles and, you know, you have to kind of partner with a bigger company to, mm -hmm. to be able to do these things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's the crazy thing with the music world. Right now, it's like the wild, wild west. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I had a guest on. We were talking about uh, um, the album that won the Grammy. Um, let's see, Oh, my goodness. What's the young lady's name with the green hair? Um, um, uh, you know, um, oh, shit. This year, green hair. Uh, what's, what's her uh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Billie Eilish, yeah. Yes, thank you. I mean, they, yeah. her and her brother recorded the album in their bedroom. Right you know, on a laptop and it, there you go. You know, they're, they're, they have a career, they have, uh, um, they're streamed everywhere, become famous. And uh, I mean, that's just unheard of. That's just the control the artist has now in their hands. You, you have a computer, you have your, your, your D, DAW and you right. write songs and, and at least you can get started, right? And then someone like yourself just takes it a step further and let's really, really learn about how music's being consumed and how it was the right. best way to get it out to, to the public, right? Absolutely. I mean, 
I, I think if you're interested, like I'm very interested in uh, in data and you know different analytics and the way these platforms work because they're in the end, you know, they're they're tech companies. Mm-hmm. Like Apple Music is the biggest stream streaming platform in the U.S., but Apple Music makes phones and MacBooks. <laughs> That's yeah, their main business. Pretty, it's pretty crazy. It is. And but they they are the ones who are controlling the music industry, and you have to kind of play it by their games and understand what they want because mm-hmm. they will reward you back. And I, I feel I'm just gonna throw it out there. I don't think this like the major label structure is gonna be durable for much longer you know there a lot of these companies are living on very very old catalogs that are raking in money of course but mm-hmm. you know there has to be a big big change into the streaming strategy otherwise you know you're not going to keep things relevant yeah yeah and those those artists i mean uh their catalogs will live on for a long time but the newer artists now it's it's a, it's a different business model right so they, yeah, they, have, yeah they, they, they have a lot have a lot more ownership ownership of their music. Yeah, and from experience I feel that they know more, they understand more. They mm-hmm. they understand they understand that it doesn't make sense that they should give away three songs for 10% master. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So that way we can, you know, morally we can make a career for them and get them started and even take them at this point, we can take them even further, you know, to a very big position if 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 the drive is there, you know, to do it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I, I think, yeah, I think there needs to be, regardless of anything, there needs to be a very strong self-drive with, you know, wanting to get to a certain point mm-hmm. because, you know, nobody can do everything from you. You can, we can be there on the way and help you push everything and get you there, but you know, I can't personally sit there and do the songs for you. Like it's yeah, of course you've got to do your part, right? Out. Yeah, exactly. It's I think yeah. that's important. And I try to teach these younger artists this all the time, and many it's of them are ex- yeah, that's they're great. extremely talented. And I'm very happy because we have at least five to ten artists that are actually living full time on music because of us. Awesome! And well done, man. Well done, man. Yeah. You've come a long way, brother. That's very cool, Alex. That feels good for me that that we can help them with that. (laughs) Honestly, that's that's the whole point. We've got some people saying hi. Um, Omar is our producer and he's uh, sending out some some highs. So my buddy Frank the Tank is here. Do you know Frank the Tank? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, yes. Frank was was debating a name change, but uh, we managed to talk him out of it. So he's keeping Frank the Tank (laughs) as his name. Awesome. So I'm very happy about that, Frank. I know you're listening, you're watching. That's good news. That's good. Uh, Delbert is here. You know Delbert? You know Delbert Mac? I don't know if I met him. No, maybe. This is a, maybe, maybe you had already left. Delbert, Delbert's a wonderful drummer, man. From, he's from Texas. Wonderful drummer. Beautiful guy. A great, great player. Yeah. He's saying hi. Uh, Julie, of course, you met Julie Murphy, George's wife. You know Julie. Of course. Oh my God, Julie. (laughs) She is the funniest. I love it. (laughs) julie Mooley, and then my my swedish friend jonas came on jonas love you brother thanks for coming on uh my funky uh, my funky bass player friend from montreal canada mike belanger is here mike thanks for coming on as well and saying hi uh leandro is here leandro fantastic thanks for coming on levance levance uh uh call me i don't know if you do you know levance you ever hear of levance yes Yes, I met him. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. Insane. This guy is like one of the most incredible singers uh, you'd ever hear. I mean, just uh, incredible. He worked, I don't know how long he was in the company for, uh, but I never worked with him personally, but I just kept hearing over and over about his voice. And then he came here to Singapore. I'm going to just tell you a quick story about it because it's interesting. At least I think it is. He came here with. Um, yeah, the American Idol singers would come on into uh, postmodern, postmodern jukebox, I think they're called. So they, oh, yeah, they, yeah. they take like Justin Bieber songs, but they play them like swing style and they, they just mix everything up. And he came here as one of the, it's, it's just a bunch of different singers, um, Alex. And a lot of them were on American Idol uh, or these, these shows, you know, and they, they come on and they do this tour together. And my wife went to see uh, the show and it's, it's four or five different singers. And she said, Every time that it was his turn to sing lead, he'd get a standing ovation right. on his song. Like every time he'd sing a song, 
the entire theater would get up on its feet and, and applaud. So I thought that was a, a kind hey, of cool I, story. Yeah. I, so I know he's sick. Like I, I met him in Bangkok, I think, because we saw him live. Yes. He was in, he's insane. Yeah, like, yeah. One, wonderful singer, leader. man. And another singer, uh, his name is uh, Clinton Hewen from South Africa, and he's saying hi. And it's funny that he's saying hi because I have worked with him and uh, unbelievable, bro. Uh, night after night, just this voice. I mean, such a pleasure to work along. You know, when a singer is just so good every night, right. I mean, I'm just playing guitar. I'm just standing there like listening. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that's so good. You know, he, we, I had him do, he did Sarah Smile by Holland Oates and he, he did Roxanne by the police. Nice. We get to the end, and he just he keeps singing. You don't have to tell you know that high part. He would just keep going and killing it, killing it. So um, that's my Clinton story because you're here, Clinton. It's so nice to see you, bro. I miss you. And uh, oh, Julie's asking a question. Julie's asking how is how how is your sister? Oh, my sister's doing great. She's uh, living in Stockholm still. Um, she's there with her boyfriend, and yeah, she's doing good. She's. Uh, She's working with uh, marketing right now as well, actually. Okay. So I guess yeah, I guess you, I guess Julie met your sister. Did did she come to Asia on one of your tours? Oh yeah, yeah. She was there in Bangkok. She was there on George last night. That was oh we yeah we all remember the crazy night. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And man. then she was in Oman as well. I think yeah, she was okay. in Oman. Okay. Awesome. Awesome, man. That's great. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we, we uh, played played Bangkok so many times and uh, I wasn't there for that night, the final, the George's final, but I did hear it was just like, just incredible, man. Just an incredible night yeah, to, to uh, be part of. That's really cool, man. I'm sure you've got. Yeah, some, I know some we I know we had we had a recording of it because it was like we literally played eight or nine sets. I'm sure we did that. It was insane. But the problem is that nobody remembers the four the four last sets, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think uh, I think we all said that we were dope, really dope. But I I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I remember we had some breakdowns that were sick, like we all did like solos and stuff. But yeah, I mean the last the last three sets were a little bit blurry. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure. I must have been it must have been a lot of fun, man. And the club was super packed that night. I remember it. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. And Natalie was there, and I think her, yeah, with her boyfriend at that time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> crazy. Awesome. So, so the rest, so the rest of this year, you're going to really focus on writing and and recording because uh, I guess uh, like if you had any tours, I did see somewhere, uh, Alex, that you would plan to move to LA this year. Yeah, yeah. So I got my visa, um, unfortunately, in February before everything sat down. I spent a lot of time in, in Los Angeles, you know, and um, I have a lot of contacts there in the music industry. Actually, one of my best friends there that is also kind of my mentor is uh, Adam Gaynor from Matchbox 20. Okay. He's uh, he's like an extra dad to me. <laughs> oh, that's great. great. Yeah. Yeah. He's Adam is super, super fun. He, if we are ever in the same place, if you guys are in the U.S., you have to meet Adam. He's oh, he's he's a blast. I'd love to. He um uh, he will literally every single every single time we hang out, like which is all the time, he breaks into these Matchbox Twenty stories. <laughs> and it's it's the craziest shit ever because it's you know it's Rob Thomas and you know the whole band, and okay. um, Adam was actually the one who sponsored my visa and everything, so he's oh, really man, grateful for that. That's yeah, really he, awesome. Yeah. So unfortunately, with, with, nice. with COVID, with the COVID, everything just got uh, got canceled. Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. So me and my girl, my girlfriend is from New York. She unfortunately been stuck in the U.S. as well um, because mm -hmm. you know there's a travel ban into Europe. Uh, right. We are going. We're gonna go to Turkey. So that's basically the only country in the world we can go to. <laughs> okay. So you you can fly to Turkey and she can fly to Turkey. Right, they have no restrictions. Of course, we're going to be careful and take it easy, but you know, like we have to. At this point, we have to do something. You know. Okay, so your 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 goal really is to is to move to move to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've been very very active in LA. I know 
many of the bigger ANRs there and you know the label owners. We we actually cooperate with a lot of these you know people that work at Warner and Universal Republic. So I'm just gonna be there and I'm gonna we're gonna actually extend Loud Cult into some different branches uh, and I'm gonna be. Um, mainly handling some of these things because we have so many employees that can take care of the main label mm-hmm. so m- me and lucas since we founded the whole thing we're gonna you know put a lot of energy into trying to develop the label constantly finding new ways new artists uh new angles you know tried some different styles and stuff like that so so i'm gonna be there a while and um, um, it's gonna be me and uh, my girlfriend yeah, from new york basically Okay. Okay. Great, man. That's great. So it's just a question of, you know, when, of course, hopefully maybe by fall or by the, you know, uh, late, late fall or the, the end of the year that we can all start, uh, well, at least you could Sweden, you could travel to us and us will open. And unfortunately now they've got a little bit of a, of a, a spike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's been fine. It's I'm, I'm blessed that I'm here in this area as well, because I've been able to work on all the music. I actually, I just released an EP, and we're pushing that heavily now. And I'm okay, going to do which, another which one. What is that? Uh, uh, helpless. Helpless EP, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. It has the kind of kind of a, a Latin uh, Latin vibe in it, right? Right, yeah, it has a little bit I of Latin feel. I listened to it, it today, man. Really nice, well done. Really nice stuff. Cool. Um, I think you're going to love the next shit, man. Though you're going to love that because then we really everything we spoke about before with the the more old school approach to the vocals. We went in that direction with the lead track, okay. and uh, I managed to get a very big rapper from LA uh, to be featured on the track as well. So it's it's going to be a really interesting track. Awesome! Man. I look forward to it. When is that going to get released? I hope we can push it to end of August. It's just a hassle, you know, because in the end you have to have some small fixes in in the mix, and you you know you have to do mastering for all the tracks, and then put the whole package together. But I'm okay. aiming for yeah the last week of August, so I can push okay. it properly, you know. So are are you guys doing the whole process from A to Z? So the recording process, uh, you, you're involved in a recording process. Oh yeah! Oh my God, man! So so me and Joan, the producer, he his name is Joan Radian. He's insane guitar player. Mm-hmm. He, um, I mean, in, he played for Young Guitar when he was 12 years old in Tokyo. He's he's an insane guitar player. Okay. And he also switched focus a little bit. You know, he's doing mainly production, and he's very very good. And me, me and him, we found a really good, fast, effective, you know, collaboration where we work on the mix together. We write the song. I go in record. I sit and record vocals for I know eight hours just to get the the best takes. You know, because it's the same thing there. If you make it very clean and as close to the final product, mm-hmm. I hate that I said product. It's insane. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I mean yeah. the, the final results. If the if the original recordings are done with a lot of care and exactly. consistency, there isn't a lot of stuff to worry about in the post production part Ex- of it, right? If I can hear the lead in the verse, and it's it's like I have the vibe. I have like the the. Mm-hmm. You know the pitch is good, the the voice like range is good, and the timing. Mm-hmm. Then I know exactly how I'm gonna tune it in Melodyne and work the vocals so so it works. You know, and with this whole process, while I'm doing this, recording all the vocals, fixing all that, he's working on the track. And it's crazy when I'm finished with all the vocals, we just put it all together, and the song is done. <laughs> it's done. So there's usually. So there's very little mastering left to do then. I mean, or uh, you, you get to this this uh, this pre-mastered mix and, it, and the mix is so good already. Right. That mm-hmm. is the whole the, the whole benefit of that. It's like on the second day when we made, put it all together and, you know, together set the levels and work on the mix and stuff, it's finished. Like the song is done. Unless okay. we want to go in and change something crucial. And this you know this whole system between me and him has worked so good i mean i think we made maybe 65 songs since february wow yeah very it's cool. insane Man. amazing wow that's very and cool. there is a big difference between this because people say they make a whole song a day but what does that really mean uh-huh. okay if you write the lyrics fine if you make a whole beat a day but you can't call that a whole song a whole song for me 
it's a finished song that you can release tomorrow like basically yeah. that's really the definite i agree it's the definition of a song man yeah here it is everything's there the exactly there. The, the, the lyrics the heart everything's worked out yeah yeah i think that's so it's good awesome. to get in yeah we 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 worked very hard the only thing we need is like about 40 wine bottles a, a week and then we can make it happen <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have some inspiration sometime man. Yes. of course <laughs> Of course, I do yeah. all my best music slightly under the influence with a little, little bit, a little bit, yeah. And oh my god, you, done, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You should see in LA, bro. It's like oh my god, the, the amount of stimulation from from the smoking is kind of funny to see sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is there is there, is there even gonna be a song, bro? Because I don't know if you're in the same universe as me right now. <laughs> Are we gonna have an actual song later? Or are we gonna? Yeah. Are we gonna just? Are we gonna just fall asleep here on the desk or something? And many oh, times they actually make it happen, which is extremely fascinating to me. Wow. <laughs> I can't wow. even that's, that's, yeah. that's very cool. <laughs> and then when it when it's done, do you do you send it out for mastering, or do you do that yourself as well? Uh, no mastering. We use uh, always. Uh, we have um, there's a big one in in London called Wire. Do they do a lot of pop mainstream pop and luckily in the house that we're sitting uh there is a guy named thomas pleck and he's actually one of the most world-known mastering guys for mm. you know he did tons of big metal bands in flames uh soil works uh, a lot of big mainstream pop acts so okay since we are since we are friends you know he's always helping me out so he's the guy who did the full mastering for helpless the whole thing Awesome and man! I'll, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be listening to it with with my uh, with my headphones to right, really hear it. Yeah, that's he, great. He, yeah, he's extremely talented. It's crazy, and mm. and it's easy to do. I, I think on the mastering part, you need someone who has really dedicated equipment for that because it's about frequencies and sure. You, know, you want to be able to level match it with anything else that's on Spotify, right? You don't want someone going on Spotify and being like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. And, I mean. Nowadays, also, you know, people mostly listen to the songs through iPhone speaker, um, you know, computers, laptops, and yeah. pads. And so it's like it needs to be um, suited to all of these like yeah. elements. I think it's 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 the it's it's the last step, but it's the most important one, man, right there. So when it's listened to on all these different kind of uh, devices, that it still sounds really good or, or uh, optimal at least. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 such a big, big like you know, it's such a difference if you can hear the song. It's not properly mastered, um, because like you, for me, U.S. mixes are very bassy, and I love that. There's a lot of you know sub, and it's they're very bassy. Scandinavian mixes are a little bit more mid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, because uh, yeah, it's so funny because when I play Swedish people, Swedish producers, when I play them like LA mixes and stuff, you know, it could be trap song. They're like because there's so much sub and bass but i'm like this yeah. is the thing like this you know this is the sound there you know that's what they're going for and, there yeah yeah it's very different and club mixes are very pushed like you know heavy kick just mm -hmm. crazy so yeah but it, it makes a big, big difference definitely does yeah yeah great man you seem to have all the elements uh, together man really it's a, a very impressive man you've uh, come from just when you started joining the company when you were 18 and uh having this conversation very impressive man congratulations on on everything man it's very cool i truly appreciate it man i feel this is only the beginning i'm going when i released my 200 song we can come back and have like a i'd love to i'd love to man really uh, i'm learning a lot from uh from the from this conversation it's it's really really cool man uh let me ask you before we uh before we finish up uh uh I didn't give you a heads up, but I ask uh, each guest at the end of the show, I make up a, a pretend scenario where they're stuck on a desert island. Right. And uh, kind of like Tom Hanks in that movie, Castaway. Right. And, uh, right. <laughs> Wilson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know it. Everyone I asked it, I bring it up. I always kind of get like, so yeah, he's talking to Wilson and suddenly this device falls out of the sky, hits him on his head and it's like, oh, I can stream music. But I can only stream three artists, and that's the only three artists that I'll be able to listen to 
um, while I, you know, while I'm shipwrecked uh, on this island. So that's, that's a difficult question. I've asked a lot of different musicians and they've just been like, oh, wow. And others have been quicker. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun thing, man. Of course, you have a lot of different tastes in music, I'm sure, man. I mean, I know you got all, like the shred stuff. I, I remember watching you play guitar. I was like, wow. So you must have a lot of that, the, the 80s, right, 80s kind right, of uh, metal, metal, yeah, yeah, metal yeah, stuff yeah. in there. And then um, I'm sure there's a lot of R&B you like as well and, and funk and, uh, and, and blues stuff, like rock, classic rock stuff. So uh, any idea? I think yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. I would say Michael Jackson. Beautiful. 100%. Toto. Oh, no one's yeah. been Toto yet. And I would take, yeah, the Eagles for classic, amazing that's songs. A, that's a nice catalog, man. There's a lot of great songs in there. Yeah. Good choices, right. man. Yeah, thank you. I've always, I was one of the things about it. I'm like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm always curious what, what uh, you know, with musicians with like yourself, the people that produce music and are in the industry for that long, what they're going to, what they're going to choose, you know, I've had people choose like really eclectic stuff. So good choice, man. Nice, a nice, nice list. I, I, think I, you and Wilson, I think you and Wilson will be happy on the island. Yeah, right. I, I need to hear those <laughs> Steve Lukather guitar solos. That's like, oh, that's a given. Oh, man. You know? He's just so good. I saw him here. He came here with Larry Carlton. Him and Larry Carlton. Oh, nice. show in Singapore. Bro, Keith Carlock on the drums. Amazing drummer. Keith Carlock plays with Steely Dan and all these other artists. Right, yes. And uh, Larry Carlton's son, uh, his name is Travis, playing bass. And, uh, oh, man. I was I in, I was in, I was in the first row, first row, right on Carlton's side, and uh, great show. It's just that I got all Carlton's amp. You know how amps are directional, and when you're too close, you don't get the house. So every time Steve Luger took a solo, I would be like, "Oh damn, man, I can't really, couldn't really hear." <laughs> Doesn't he play insanely loud? Also, he, he did. He did play very yeah. loud, but I was just so close to the front of the of the stage that the house was kind of. I was kind of even with the house. So I wasn't right. getting uh, a much much of his enough of his stage sound, but um, anyway, great great guitar yeah, player, man, phenomenal. Yeah, Steve phenomenal. Steve Lucas is a beast. I, I I still to this day I go back and I watch his uh, Starlicks on yes. YouTube. You they're they're like from 1984. <laughs> I know I know I don't find it a while. <laughs> so, so and it's it's funny also because you can see that he doesn't really want to do it because he's a rock star and he's uh -huh. like yeah. Uh, you know, here you have a lick, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it fired it off. <laughs> yeah, incredible tone, though. I mean, the reason why I bought like the Music Man, the Luke, is purely because of him, and it's okay. uh, it's actually one of the best guitars I ever bought. I still use it mostly today because of the. It's like a you know, it's like a more high up strat, basically. Yes. Uh, yeah. A little bit more edgy, like with the mics, but. Uh, I love like the telly and the strat sound, you know, that's like my favorites basically. Beautiful, beautiful, man. So yeah. he was a, a big influence on you. A hundred percent guitar wise, because I think he was a perfect mix of a very versatile, you know, he could be shreddy. He could be very melodic. He mm -hmm. knows like jazz. He knows a little bit more yes. exotic licks. Yeah. He's got the and... vocabulary as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel that me, I, I'm, I'm a pentatonic guy, 100%. I love pentatonics. Who doesn't? You're a guitar player, man. Who doesn't love pentatonics, right? It's, it's the most human scale in the world. It's crazy. You know, Everybody it, can hear the interval. It's funny. You know, I, I, I teach. And uh, when I get to that scale, I always say, you know, it's, it's just easy on the ear. It's easy to hear. And, and there's no semitones in it. There's no semitones right. in a pentatonic scale. So there's not many places to really get in trouble. Right. You know, because usually those semitones, when you're, you know, you're, you're a half step off either way, that's where a guitar player, you, someone's going to go like, oh, shit, you know, no. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Good, you know? <laughs> and actually, in the pentatonic scale, it's actually positive because then you get more of like a chromatic feel to it, which is, mm -hmm. can be super dope. It gets a little bit yeah. more bluesy, a little raw, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful, man. That's yeah. great. You're, you're into Lukather, man. Yeah, he's just a wonderful guitar player. I listen to those old Toto solos. You know, and just the, the way they're constructed, and they're 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 very singable, right? You know, you listen to, yeah. Uh, the solo in Rosanna, and and hold hold the line. You know those hold the line. Uh, yeah, bro. Oh, Insane. great solos, man. But you know, he'll 
he'll play something that's so melodic and then he'll shred something where you're like, oh, well, wait a minute, what was that? You know, uh, very me memorable solos, solos that you, you can remember. Absolutely, and, and great, like for that era, you know, great pop, it's pop songs, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Pop I was so stuck on that, on, that tr on that track, you know. Uh, I supply the love. Oh, then it does. Yes. So good, bro. I love it. I love it, man. You got some some great musical taste there, brother. I, I really I really love it, man. It's cool. I'm just trying to write the hits that they could do. It's not easy. <laughs> well, it's very good. talented. Well, it's but it's good that you've set the bar that high. Those are the guys you're, you're trying to, to, to compare your writing to and yourself to, I think is very, very cool. I mean, I, I think that should be the goal. If you also, if you look at like someone as Ed Sheeran, you can, you know, he's massive. I understand why he's massive. His songs are insane. Mm -hmm. You can clearly see where he picks his influence from. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's not yeah. from last year, you know, like he's, he yeah. has some, very old school like influences i can take in the old school template i'm sure he listens to older songs i think it's a device a lot of songwriters will take advantage of just take an older song take those changes and right. just kind of try to try to rewrite something over those changes in, the, in that feel and uh it, it could be a good good starting off point at least and with, without you know down down outright copying it yeah. yeah yeah no i mean there's definitely an inspiration in every song i believe in that then the mm. the next song you hear from me is gonna be like oh, I supply the love. All right, heard that somewhere. <laughs> so wait a minute, Alex, man, you better you better Alex, check with your lawyers, man. You're gonna hear from Toto's <laughs> lawyers, right? You're gonna get Steve oh, Lukather calling you, man. That would be rough. He would call me for the exact wrong reasons. <laughs> right, right. Still like to talk to him, right? Exactly. I'm like, please talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's <was> crazy. <laughs> well, listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a real pleasure and uh, continued success. I look forward to hearing the, your new stuff, man. I mean, I really think you're on the right track, man. You really, you really got it together, man. The uh, title of the show was The Package, putting the package awesome. together. And uh, well done, man. You, you've, uh, you're, on, you're on your way. And like you said, this is just beginning for you, Alex. So, uh, Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Forward to I hope, seeing, uh, what you're gonna I do. hope I didn't ramble too much and we got no, some of those no, package well, parts. <laughs> no, no, no. It was great. I, I really enjoyed this very much. I want to thank you so much for coming awesome, on, man. man. All right. Absolutely. So, I will, I will care. send in. Yeah. I will send the new tracks to you when, once they're finishing to get out. Absolutely. Please, please do. Would love, do. would love to hear some feedback because I know that you guys are very good musicians. So you would actually understand, you know, like, the what i'm going for absolutely please do that'd be great alex super cool <laughs> all right man. thanks again for coming on man hey dude thank you so much and be safe right. and stay healthy please and dude yes. like don't don't forget to celebrate life we're still here absolutely hey i'll be celebrating uh a little more <laughs> life to get off the call we're still here we're it. still rocking it i love it bro <laughs> all right thanks again for coming hey. on alex all right thank you thanks so much bro. all right yeah, you too Thanks for tuning Bye. in, everybody. See you next week when our special guest will be George El Shakia. So tune in for that. Thanks again for watching. A big thanks to our producer, Omar. Take care, everybody.